Our theme verse is Acts 4.20. We cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. That's our prayer today, that we would speak the things which we have seen and heard. Now, my wings are a little bit clipped. I was going to walk over this way and show you something, but I was at the bus stop the other day, and I I was sitting down beside a man, and I had the time. I knew what time of the day it was, but I decided to ask him a question and kind of just break the ice. I said, what time is the bus coming? What time did the bus come? I, I, I knew what time it was. <laughs> well, I was trying to break the ice. And, and he said, oh, it's coming in about uh, six minutes. Six minutes. All right, six minutes. Great. And, uh, you know, I, I said, hey, hey, I'm a Baptist preacher. I'm, I'm going to preach the word, man. I'm going to try to tell him about Jesus. I turned over to him, and I was about to talk about the things of the Lord, and he was wearing this T-shirt. The T-shirt said, save soil. Save soil. Can you believe that? I did a double take. At first I thought it said, save soul, save soul. I was all into that. But save soil, save soil. So I, so I did a double take. I said, oh, what's that t-shirt? What's that about? And before I could really ask the question, he was already talking about his cause. He was already talking about the need to save soil. He, he was all passionate saying, wow, uh, we need to get the message out to uh, 4 billion people in 2023, the world's going to be having 8 billion people. And so we need 50% of the world's population to understand that 60% of our soil content is gone. And I, I kid you not, verbatim, here's what he said. He said, uh, regardless of gender, sex, religion, or creed, the one thing we have in common is soil. It's dirt. What we have in common is dirt. Like, he said soil, I heard dirt. The one thing we have in common is dirt. And I'm sitting there like, this is unbelievable. You know, I went to Bible school, and uh, Pastor Paul Chapel uh, was one of our teachers, and he said, you are going to meet some people who are so passionate about their cause and willing to die for their cause, it would seem. So this is the first time in my life I've ever met what I would call a climate change evangelist. It says here in verse 5, do the work of an evangelist, not a climate change evangelist. It's saying uh, an evangelist uh, declaring the gospel of Christ. But this man uh, was so passionate about getting his cause out. He was, he was saying, oh, uh, numerous celebrities are about this. We have uh, Elon Musk on board, and, and oh, we have Jane Goodall on board. I looked on their website. I couldn't find Elon Musk anywhere. I'm not trying to discredit his cause, but uh, g- good night. I, I, I couldn't believe it. This man was like all about soil. Save the soil. Save the dirt. And you know what was amazing? He said, he told me, uh, you, know, uh, you know, we come from dust. We come from dust, and we're going to return to dust. We come from dirt, we're going to return to dirt. So that's all, what we all have in common. We have soil in common. And, and I nearly stopped and said, hey, that's Bible. But, you know, he was just talking and talking, and I was trying to find an opening. <laughs> so I just listened and listened and listened. As we're walking onto the bus, I said, Jesus is God, and he loves you, and Jesus is the only way to heaven. And, you know, we were, that was kind of our breaking point there. and said, hey, have a good one. God bless you. Have a great day. But he said, oh, you better visit our website. And uh, I'm so excited. You know, this is the most important thing, saving the soil, because that's what we have in common. If, if someone can be passionate about dirt, someone has got to preach a sermon one day. We're all a bunch of dirt bags, because we are. <laughs> you know, if you look at our, our skin, tick for tack, you know, we, we're the color of dust, color of 
the ground. But I'm telling you today, man, if someone can be that passionate about dirt, can we not talk about Jesus Christ? Can we not speak the things which we have seen and heard? I'm not the preacher this evening. I just work for him. Regardless of gender, regardless of nationality, sex, or creed, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ is what needs to go to every nation. Now, the church is not a showboat. It's a battleship. It's been said before that uh, the church is not a playground. It's a battleground. I remember Brother Gord Osborne. He, he was a dear man of God in our church for many years, and he would, t- he would take me aside all the time. Every time I would pray with him, he would say, now, now son, remember, <laughs> the church is a battleground. And the devil is gunning for our souls. There is a dark, dirty, diabolical war, and he's after your children. He's after you. Her, and he's after you, madam. He's after all of us. And man, we, we, we many times we, we, uh, we, we'll live in defeat and be surprised by victory. When really we should be living in victory, surprised by defeat. And if you read Romans 5 through 8, you realize that the victory is found in Jesus Christ. Now, again, if you are born again, You are heaven-born and therefore heaven-bound. But listen again, please. If you are born again, you are born to win. You are born to battle. And uh, you cannot make peace until you've learned to war. I know that sounds crazy. But uh, Christ has written in his word uh, through his pen, the Apostle Paul, that uh, we must learn to fight the Christian battle. We should put on the whole armor of God. Turn to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter number 6. And if I may say, just parenthetically, uh, we've heard of, uh, you know, sports events and athletic events where there will be 11 people on the field desperately in need of rest. And 11,000 people in the stands desperately in need of exercise. And what's happening in our churches today is that we have 90, 99% of the people doing 90 to 99% of the work. And everyone else is sitting, soaking, and souring. Listen, we must major in ministry. We must be involved in that which God has enabled us to do. The, the, the church is the body. It's not, remember, it's an organism, not an organization. This is not a social club where we're drinking and sipping iced tea, kind of talking about all the newest trends and uh, what's Donald Trump doing? What's Joe Biden doing? We're not here to talk about that. That's not why we're here in church. We're here to rally around the good news of Jesus Christ and to declare that same truth outside of these four walls. Notice uh, chapter number six of Ephesians, Ephesians 6, 1. You're going to like this, and I like it too, because God has enabled me to, to really submit to this. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. Skip down to uh, verse 6. Not with eye service as men's pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will doing service as to the Lord and not unto men. And ye masters do the same things unto them, forbearing threatening, knowing that your master also is in heaven, neither is there any respect of persons with him. Verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord 
not strong in my capabilities, not, uh, not strong in uh, the best effort that I can put forth. We must be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That's speaking of the tricks and the trickery of the devil. Notice verse 12, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We don't fight against uh, our brothers or our parents or our sisters or our children or, or, or our neighbors or, or our coworkers or the man across the street that we don't agree with. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, notice, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. There is a spiritual war, an invisible war. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be, may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Jesus Christ died for our sins, was buried, and rose again the third day so that we can live above sin and uh, live in his power. And uh, so that we can go to heaven after we die, all we must do is believe and ask. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, and ask him to be our personal savior. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts, the fiery wiles of the wicked. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. We have a powerful weapon, and the sword of the Spirit is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. We must hear from heaven before we speak to man. And here we're admonished to put on the armor of God. You realize as a Christian that every day can be the last day, the final day. Either we die or Jesus Christ comes again, the second coming of Christ, and he comes again to take his children home. Every day could be the last day. And so we must treat every day for the finish line, or like the finish line. Now, I'm all for the environment. You know, I'm all for, uh, you know, uh, being responsible. He said, be fruitful and multiply. We're not here to save soil. We are asking the Lord Jesus through us that he would save souls. He said in Matthew chapter number 16, I will build my church. And speaking very practically today, let me, let me be very on the nose, very practical here. What our church needs, we need more men learning how to use that soundboard back there. We don't have enough. We have maybe Brother Joey Kahn. We have David Sadegizadeh. And, uh, you know, I, I know a little bit, but I've, I've tried, man. I, I can't figure out that, that beast. That, that, that's something there. Uh, we need more people running the soundboard uh, back at the church office. We need more laborers. We need more people involved in everything. In fact, we need another usher for this service. We, we have a lot of needs, and uh, we need more people out on Saturdays. No, uh, realize that this church will not grow unless we declare the gospel, unless we preach the word, unless we tell other people about Jesus Christ and what he's doing in our church family. Not so Anchor Baptist Church can say, oh, wow, what a great church we are. Oh, we're, we're incredible. Uh, I'm the man, or, or Pastor Turner, oh, man, he's made it. He's the best. No, he's trying to get greater glory unto himself. We're lifting up the Lord. Remember, we're, uh, we're remembering the two eternal things that will last forever, the word of God and the souls of men. 
The goal of Jesus Christ has always been to connect the two. God is love. God is love. We love him because he first loved us. But before I was trying to figure out what I was going to preach, preach on for this three-part series, I asked the Lord, Lord, what on earth should I preach? I, I, I heard a sermon fairly recently. It was a great help. What the preacher said, he said, when you know or you don't know what to preach, preach Jesus. When you know what to preach, preach Jesus. When you don't know what to preach, preach Jesus. Let's preach Jesus today. Let's preach him every day of our lives. And, you know, the way we live, the way we live and how we live speaks volumes about what we think of our Savior. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. Adam was first formed, then Eve. All have sinned. Come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. The wages of sin is death. It is appointed unto man once to die. And after this, the judgment. Death reigned from Adam to Moses. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. In Adam, all die. In Christ, all shall be made alive. God hath in these last days spoken to us by his Son. Unto the Son he saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. Jesus is God. The Bible says so. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus Christ is God. And God became a man he understands our problems. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was God. All things were made by Him. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. God commendeth, that is, He demonstrated His love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He was buried, and He rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures. The dead, small and great, stand before God, and one day they will. The books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. The fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. God so loved the world, and he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Oh, dear friend, God does not want you to perish. He does not want you to go to hell. Many people live today like, oh, wow, I'm mad at God because God's mad at me. That is not true. That is not true. He does not stand over your head with a hammer trying to squash you like a bug. If he was that kind of God, he would have squashed you a long time ago. He would have squashed me a long time ago. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Deity wrapped in humanity. I, I call it the greatest Christmas gift ever. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. 
and thou shalt be saved. Jesus saith, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I and my Father are one. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith. By faith into this grace wherein we stand, wherein we currently stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We call it the blessed hope, not the blessed maybe. (laughs) Jesus is coming again. Jesus is coming again. And we are grateful that we have hope This hope, rejoicing in the hope of the glory of God, for when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, substitutionary in my place, in your place, much more than being now justified by his blood. We shall be saved from wrath through him. Let me pause right here. We talk a lot in our circles. We speak a lot of Christianese. What do I mean by that? I'm saying we talk about, oh, you're saved, you're lost. We need to get the gospel out to the lost. If our, <laughs> it's Bible. It's Bible. If our light be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. So we're not being weird by speaking the Bible, okay? If you're heathen, if you don't know Christ, if Christ is not your personal Savior, you are lost. And I, I talk to some people uh, who are not saved, and they will, they will ask, okay, you call me unsaved, you say, I need to be saved. Saved from what? <laughs> saved from what is the question? I tell them, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Do you realize today that the people who are in hell are experiencing the wrath of God forever and ever and ever? I've said this before. I don't say that smiling. I'm not happy about that. The rich man, Lazarus, he lifted up his eyes, being in torments. He died, and right away he could sense the wrath. He could feel the flames licking around his his arms, his leg, his neck, his head. Those who are saved, they are saved from wrath. I love that song in our hymn book. I have no idea where it is in this hymn book, but if you turn to the index and you find a number, it's Rock of Ages, cleft for me. The name of the song is Rock of Ages. And and the first stanza, the first stanza, it it says, be a sin, the double cure, speaking of Jesus. Oh, that he would be a sin, the double cure. Save from wrath and make me pure. You know what Jesus does in my life? You know what Jesus means to me? He has saved me from his wrath. And he has made me pure. Justice and love intersected at the cross. People say, is Jesus fair? Jesus fair? No, he's merciful. If he was fair, if he was absolute, if he was just all justice, we'd all be burning in hell right now. Jesus is merciful. His mercies are new every morning. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God, How? By the death of his son. By the death of his son. Much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. It's the Christ life. It's experiencing Jesus. More Christianese. Why do we say revival this, revival that? Revive us again, O Lord. This morning we sang, revive us again. Why do we pray for revival? Revival is Jesus. 
We must experience Jesus. You want to experience revival in your life? Experience Jesus again. Enter into thy closet, like Matthew chapter number six. You're not trying to get anybody's attention. You're trying to get a hold of heaven. Ask the Lord, pour your heart before God. God, I don't know what I'm doing. Would you take control? For my grace are you saved through faith. Saved from wrath by grace through faith. And that not of yourselves. It's not of me today. It is the gift of God. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved. It's a whosoever will gospel. He will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. There is one God, one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. Only God could satisfy the righteous demands of God. So God became a man, and Jesus Christ died for our sins. Man, I've said it maybe 10, 20 times during this message. Jesus Christ died for our sins. If you, if you exit those doors and you forget everything that was ever said behind this pulpit uh, uh, this evening, remember this. Jesus Christ died for our sins. Jesus Christ died for our sins. Remember those words. He died for our sins. He was my substitute. Should have been me on that cross that day. But Jesus Christ died our sins. He will have all men to be saved, to come into knowledge, the knowledge of the truth. The grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that we should live looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of that great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved by grace, through faith, Saved from wrath, his wrath. The spirit and the bride, that's the church, the bride, the spirit, the Holy Spirit of God, and the bride, they say, come. Come. And let him that heareth say, come. And let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. I declare unto you the gospel. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. He was buried and rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. Woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. He that testifieth these things saith, surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Those are the final words of your King James Bible that you're holding there. We have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. For by him were all things created. All things are created by him and for him. I was created for the glory of God. Friends, we've all been created for the glory of God, not to glorify ourselves, not to magnify ourselves. For by him were all things created. All things are created by him and for him. God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. A man's heart deviseth his way. The Lord directeth his steps. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I've said it before. I said it. I'll say it again. The church is not a showboat. It's a battleship. We cannot 
but speak the things which we have seen and heard. If you're a Christian today and you have not yet joined a church, you ought to join a church. It doesn't have to be ours, but if it preaches the Bible and if it's, 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 all, it's all right doctrinally, you ought to join that church. If, if, if God has put it on your heart to do that. If you're not baptized, you need to be baptized. And you need to uh, be a part of what God's doing. But here's what I'm really saying today. Now that if someone has joined a church or they're, they're baptized and they joined a church and, and they're, they're attending these services and they're learning and listening, they ought to now declare the gospel, to preach the word, to preach the word. We can't just hold this within ourselves. In fact, we must practice what we are already preaching. Think of Christ. He practiced what he was already preaching, and they couldn't resist the wisdom with which he spake. We have response, responsibility. We have a responsibility. The responsibility of every believer is to believe the truth and to give it out. For of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever. Amen. You know, I thought to myself today, I, I don't really have much to, uh, to say today. So I think I'll just read the Bible. And I thought, you know, I think these dear people will be fine with that. <laughs> it's so important. It's so important that we preach the word. We have a world that's going to hell. And if we don't tell them, no one will. Jesus went about the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. When he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he'll send forth laborers into his harvest.